Hi, this is Ben Lowell with Back to the Bible Canada and Truth in Life Today with Dr. John Newfeld. And uh, today we're continuing to work through our episodes of questions that come from our listeners and our viewers. And we have some incredible things that we want to discuss in the next few weeks. We're going to be talking about poverty and modern idolatry and evangelism in today's culture. Uh, but today we're going to be focusing on poverty. Now, if you're viewing this, fantastic. But we also want to tell you there's other ways to view this program through YouTube, through Facebook, through iTunes, or even going online to Back to the Bible Canada. And if you want to continue to support the ministry of Back to the Bible Canada, you can go online as well and make your gift at backtothebible.ca. Well, Dr. John, it's great to have you here again today. Yeah, it's good to be here. Yeah. And we have an important issue, you know, an issue that's a little bit close to my heart just because of my upbringing in the Salvation Army. Yeah. There's always been a, a sensitization to, to poverty, those that are less fortunate, those that are struggling. Uh, but you know, often I hear this verse, uh, as we do so many verses in Scripture, that's sort of taken out of context or used in perhaps not the way it, should, it would have been intended. And that is a portion of Matthew 26, 11, which says, the poor will always be with us. And that's a truth, no it doubt. True. But we often use that perhaps as an excuse. Well, if something's always going to be with us, why would I even bother participating in trying to alleviate it? Yeah, I mean, I might say cancer will always be with us. Yeah. You know, um, there's a lot of things that will always, always be with us. Sin will always be with us. Uh, so if we simply lay down and simply say, I will not fight this thing, yeah. um, then we simply are a part of the problem and not part of the solution. But Ben, I think as you're talking about that, the, the issue for a lot of believers is, what does the Christian gospel have to do with the poor? Is it somehow connected? Um, and I think it's important to discuss that. I've been looking at uh, Galatians chapter 2 before me, and uh, you have a very clear declaration in Galatians that Paul says, you know, Peter's ministry is primarily to the Gentiles, and mine's primarily, I'm sorry, the other way around. Uh, Peter's is primarily to the Jews, his to the Gentiles. And he says that we should go to the Gentiles, but only they, that is, uh, that is uh, Peter and others, asked us to remember the poor. The very thing he said I was eager to do. So as they're commissioning one another to the Jews and to the Gentiles, mm -hmm. you know, Peter and the apostles say to Paul, as you go, please don't forget the poor. And so it seems to me that as I read the gospel, ministry to the poor has always been part and parcel of the evangelistic ministry of the church. We're reaching out to people with an emphasis on always taking care of the poor. It's been our history. That's who we are. Yeah, it would seem to me that in a lot of church situations, uh, they take good care of those within the church, which they should, uh, but we often turn a blind eye to those that maybe aren't believers or, or aren't within our community or congregation. Yes, Paul said, let us do good to all men, especially within the household of faith. So there is a special emphasis within the household of faith, but he does say, let us do good to all men. So as a matter of fact, there is, a, there is a, a mandate upon the Christian church that does say we have an obligation to the whole of humanity. It is what Christ has told us to do. Yeah, yeah. And, and I think within our culture today, too, we tend to be very results-driven. And so when we're looking at growing our church or we're looking at growing whatever organization uh, we have, often uh, the idea of reaching out to the poor might not be on our priority list. Yeah, I see a couple of things that happen. I mean, one, on the one hand, I think you've identified exactly what's going on. 
Uh, there are those that talk about the growth of the church, and so we begin to, you know, employ all sorts of business language to how, how do we grow this thing more. And so the, the poor fall off our radar screen. Mm-hmm. Uh, on the other hand, we have individuals who are poor directed, but as you and I know, there are so many organizations that minister to the poor and do not share the gospel with them. And so somehow we've disconnected this gospel advancement, ministry to the poor. These things go hand in hand. And unless we have a theology that does that, I don't know that we're being authentically Christian. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, in a, in a future series that you're going to be doing uh, with Back to the Bible Canada, you're going to be interviewing a gentleman by the name of Ray Duick. I worked with Ray for, for 15 years. I yeah. mean, we were colleagues together. And Ray had a very clear articulated philosophy that whenever we become involved in the social needs of others, I mean, providing whatever it is, housing, clean water in third world countries, wherever it is, if it's disconnected from building the church, sharing the gospel, we're not involved. We are only involved as authentic Christians because we're considering the whole individual, both their physical needs and their spiritual needs as well. Greatest need anyone has is the gospel of Jesus Christ. So to give food to the poor and neglect the greatest need they have is, I think, an act of cruelty. Uh, it says, I'll take care of your immediate, but the long-term issues that really make you human, we're going to you just ignore them entirely. And, and we must never do that. So that was Ray's, you know, he was a bulldog in that. Yeah, yeah. And he really began to affect my thinking. It was profoundly biblical. Yeah. There was an old motto in the Salvation Army that used to say, soup, soap, and salvation. Yeah. And all those things needed to be contained together or we do a, a disservice to, uh, to the public or to the poor. Um, you know, how do we prioritize those things, though, within the church? How do we prioritize uh, ministry to the poor as opposed to ministry to other things? Yeah. You know, in many ways, I, I would think that ministry to the poor is an easy for us because the poor are needy. I mean, how needy is the person who has a well-manicured lawn, you know, and has a, a house that's worth several million dollars? I mean, I don't know. It's, it's harder to discover the needs. I know they have real needs, but it's not so self-evident, whereas the poor is always self-evident. I mean, Jesus saying that the poor will always be with us is, in fact, a truism. And so if we just look around, we will see wherever we live, there are the poor, and Christ has called us to minister to the poor. So the real question is, how do we do that? Um, I know that there are all manner of of parachurch structures that do it very well. And many times, I would argue that a local church should partner with parachurch structures that both care for the poor and that also care for the salvation of their souls at the same time. So it's one of the reasons why we at Back the Bible have partnered with Compassion Canada is because we see that model in that wonderful organization. So that's one of the ways. But I think every church as well has people that come in and they ask for food. I mean, you know, they, I need money. I, I need to get to Edmonton. I, I need to, you know, I, I need to have a meal today and, and so forth. And, and Christians struggle with how to do that. So working with Ray, we actually kept a whole kitchen. We didn't hand out money. Uh, we handed out food, uh, but we always took um, information of people. We looked for ways in which we could reconnect with their lives, and we looked for significant times, Christmas, Easter, other times, when we both handed out food hampers and gave gospel presentations at the same time. And usually it was very well received. People recognized we're a church, that's what we're about. 
And so they actually were very open to that. In fact, I think the poor are genuinely open to the gospel yeah. as a whole. I'm going to go off script here a little bit yeah. uh, with Matthew 26 to go back a little bit. Can you help us with the actual context of that passage then? Yeah, the poor will always be with you. I mean, Jesus is, uh, there is a woman that has come that she has put uh, ointment on Jesus' feet, perfume, very, very expensive perfume, which probably was her lifetime savings. Um, and she broke the jar, and the minute you break the jar, it's no longer worth anything but to be used, so she can't sell it anymore. And she pours it on Jesus' feet, and Judas, who has been pilfering from the treasury, you know, he's the, he says, this could have been sold and given to the poor. And he begins to, to get some other disciples with him, you know, to say, yeah, you know, why wasn't that done? And Jesus says, you're going to always have the poor, but you're not always going to have me, meaning that I'm about to leave you and go to the cross. And that the act of worship and adoration of our Savior is the ultimate act. We must never confuse ministry with worship. Worship comes and says, this is the one who gives his life for me. This is the one who receives all of my adoration. And therefore, if we give generously for the local church, for the advancement of ministry, for the advancement of effective Christian community, I mean, we're never going to say, hey, that could be given to the poor. No, no. Anything to adore and worship our Lord is, is, is of value. That's really interesting because... In essence, what you're saying then is we need to be very careful. We're not going to gain our salvation by any worthwhile ministry that we might do. Our priority still needs to be our relationship with yeah. Jesus. Yeah, yeah. We don't start with loving others. We start with being loved by God and simply receiving his gift of salvation. And out of gratefulness flows this mercy and grace and everything else that comes from the cross flows into us, flows through us, and reaches and touches others as well. Uh, a related question, and we're going to go to the other side of things a little bit here. Uh, should, the, should the Christian be pursuing wealth? Uh, you know, and, and we have all kinds of question marks about that. You know, Scripture references money substantially, but should the Christian be pursuing wealth? Yeah, and you know, it's, it's so, it, it, this is so divisive among believers because you have some that'll say that's what we should be doing. Uh, my first response is to say, isn't that what we're all doing anyway? So everyone that goes out and does their job is expecting a paycheck because we need to take care of our families and everything else around us. So the question is, should I be advancing if I'm a business person? Or if I am a professional individual, should I take the next advancement that's available to me and actually up my income level? And my response to that is, you, you, you should do that if in the process of doing that, you can see opportunities of advancing the kingdom. Sure. I would say that as your income grows, your giving should grow substantially. But that's not what I've seen, Ben, and you've seen the same thing. As pastors, both of us, we've served there, mm -hmm. and we've seen people who are at this income level, right? Yeah. And so now, suddenly, they get a, a raise or their business you know, it gets bumped up. So immediately what they do is they get a better house and a better car and they get everything else. So you bump up your standard of living commensurate with what you're making. Mm -hmm. It's a rare individual who, when they pursue wealth, begin to look for ways of giving and advancing the kingdom and see this as a grace from God 
to be able to do more in the kingdom of God. I would argue we ought to do everything that we can so that we actually do make more, so that we actually give more, um, because that ought to drive us. You know, you hear these incredible stories. I remember this book I, I read many, many years ago. I can't remember who it's about, but this gentleman owned this large, large construction company, this moving company. Uh, moving gravel and dirt and all. He became very, very wealthy. But the amount of money that he gave to ministry in the church, that was his priority. He worked so that he might glorify God, so that he might do something for the kingdom. And that's probably the perspective we need to have as, as God's people. Yeah, I wonder if you're thinking of William Letourneau. Uh, and Letourneau wrote a marvelous book called Mover of Men Machines. That's he he, that's, that's he, he yeah. created all this moving machine. You know. yeah. So he actually... Uh, flipped the tithing principle around. He lived on 10% and gave 90%. Yeah. And in the end of his life, Letourneau had said, I didn't give enough. Yeah. Um, because he said the 10 was already a lot larger than anyone else's 10. Yeah. So he, he didn't give enough. That's, that's how he felt. But his life really is a model, Letourneau College. I mean, all manner of ministries spun out of that. I've known other individuals who've done the same thing. And I think all of us should emulate that. I think the principle of tithing should be baseline. And then after we do that, we should look for ways and saying, God, can I, can I become even more generous? Yeah. And is it possible for me to outgive you? Maybe not. And so I think generosity is part of the Christian gospel. It's difficult not to be seduced by the temporal, though, isn't it? Uh, to uh, live up to the standards of, of the media or advertising or whatever the case might be. And uh, sometimes I think, you know, what. What the expression is sort of the trouble with normal is always gets worse. But in this respect, the trouble with normal is we always want more. Normal always is something unattainable, something we need to strive for. Uh, you know, I think uh, just learning to be satisfied with the life that God has given us, deep contentment in the grace of God wherever I am is the starting point for Christian generosity. Without this thankfulness to God, gratefulness, um, I don't think it's possible for us to be who God wants us to be. Just to add to that question that was asked by the viewer, um, so is there any harm in me then pursuing wealth through uh, a lottery? Yeah, I, and yes. <laughs> yes. We'll just put it down as yes. <laughs> yes, yes. I mean, I'm really, I've been on record a, a whole lifetime already being opposed to lotteries. Okay. And, and I'm opposed to lotteries for a number of reasons. One is this whole idea of chance. We don't live in a world of chance. And secondly, most people that win the lottery are lucky to do one thing, quit their job and do the thing they always wanted to do. But here's what God wants you to do. He wants you to be productive for a lifetime. Don't worry about your money. You already have a job if you have one. Mm -hmm. and, and view the job as the grace of God. You're influencing our culture. You're contacting other work colleagues with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Your income allows you to take care of your family, give to your church, look out for the needs of the poor. That's how God has designed you to be, not for this windfall thing, which is really based on greed, I think. So in the end, whether it's ministering to the poor or it's a pursuit of wealth, it really begins with a priority of glorifying God and striving to bring other people into the kingdom. Amen. Yeah. Well, we're grateful to be here today, grateful to talk about poverty. Uh, we just uh, pray that uh, the many organizations that are out there that are God-fearing, biblical organizations that our viewers will reach out and support them and do their part to alleviate those who are struggling. Thanks so much, John. We look forward to uh, uh, more opportunities to talk about these interesting issues.
We hope you're enjoying the new Truth in Life Today show with Dr. John Newfeld. Be sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode each week. But we want you to be involved in the show. To submit your own personal questions to Dr. John, you can email us at info at backtothebible.ca or find us on Facebook by searching Truth in Life Today.